This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Had them all along, didn't we, Buccaneer fans? Oh, my goodness. What a Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Talk about a tale of two halves. It was a Dickens, if you read your literature, that said it was a tale of two cities. It was a tale of two halves in the first meeting of two with the Atlanta Falcons. Down 17 to nothing. The Bucs come roaring back to win and all but assure themselves of an NFC wildcard playoff spot. And don't just yet rule out the NFC South championship, which, by the way, is still open and still viable with two games to go for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. More on that in a little bit. Welcome in to our little podcast that recaps everything that went on with the most recent Buccaneer game, in this case, a dramatic. There's no other way to describe it. 31-27 comeback win, the second time this year the Bucs have been down by 17 points and come back to win the game. Full credit, obviously, to Tom Brady and the offense for getting it done. Give some credit to uh, the defense, which finally, after giving up 27 points in this game, came up with the stops that they had to have, came up with some key sacks. But you know, make no mistake, uh, you cannot, cannot continue to give up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown on defense, especially in the first half, if you expect to win this time of year. So we know that that has to be tightened up. But look, the bottom line is winning games. And that's what it's all about. At this time of year, get all the wins you can get, get into the playoffs and the Buccaneers. Now very close for the first time since 2007 to being in the postseason. One more win or tie will get the Buccaneers in in the final two games at Detroit and hosting those same Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds, coming in the finale of the season uh, in the new year. All right, so we've got lots to get to. Thank you for finding us, however you did so, on a social media link through Buccaneers.com, the Buccaneers mobile app. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. It comes automatically to you in the recap mode. If you subscribe as soon as uh, we're all done with recapping a Buccaneer game after it's done. In fact, I'll let you in on this. Because of the Saturday game with the Lions and the fact that we have a full Sunday slate of games, I'm going to go ahead and do everything I can to get this sucker out on Saturday night. Hopefully talking about a third straight win, a 10-win season, a playoff berth, etc., Look for nothing but bucks on Saturday night, no matter what, but look for it especially in the victory mode Saturday evening when everything is done uh, with the Buccaneers, and I'm done with the radio duties with the Buccaneers Radio Network with Gene and Dave and our postgame coverage because I fully understand it's going to be a different weekend with Christmas on Friday, the Buck game on Saturday, full slate of games on Sunday. I want you as soon as possible to get the recap podcast, nothing but bucks here, and talk it up, and I, I look forward to that on Saturday. Again, more on the Lions and the implications later on here in the program, but I'm just saying you want to subscribe because whenever the podcast is ready, it will come automatically to you with a notification, with a ding on your phone, on your iPad, uh, on your handheld device, whatever you have. Uh, just subscribe to the podcast through the Buccaneers mobile app, through Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Search nothing but Bucks, and you, you shall find uh, this recap podcast. All right. 
So, so much to get to. We've got highlights. We've got post-game interviews. You'll hear uh, not only from Coach Bruce Arians, quarterback Tom Brady, uh, Devin White, who joined us on our, our Hooters post-game coverage on Buccaneers Radio. Hear from Antonio Brown, who caught that 46-yard game-winning touchdown. First touchdown as a Buck is a game-winning December touchdown in a huge spot for the Bucks to try to make the playoffs. You'll hear him talk about it as part of this conversation and the uh, the podcast that we have here on Nothing But Bucks as part of our post-game coverage from yesterday on the radio. And I've got all kinds of uh, insight, not only on this game, on the accomplishments of Tom Brady. How about 330 yards in the second half of that game yesterday? The most by any quarterback in the NFL in a second half of a season. The second most ever yards in the second half of a Buccaneer game. Going all the way back to Vinny Testaverde, uh, what was it, 1991, nearly 30 years ago, to have more than 330 yards in the second half of a game. Uh, incredible uh, what uh, what Tom Brady put up there yesterday. You'll hear from him as part of our coverage, and we've got so much uh, to talk about and to go over and insight on the playoffs, etc. Um, and one more point about this. I've talked to so many people off the air uh, since this game has ended. And, and, and yes, with all the concern about the way you're starting offensively, defensively, and falling behind, I make the same point to them. If you have an either-or choice, would you love to play a well-played game beginning to end uh, and lose? And, and let's say lose more often than not. Would you Would you rather play well for the whole fourth quarter and lose three of the five important games or would you rather play poorly but find a way to rectify it, come back and win, and be 3-2 and two or 4-1 and one playing that way? Win the extra game or even win the fourth game out of five by playing poorly in the first half, falling behind, but figuring it out. Of course you don't want to play poorly, but again, this is my scenario. This is my either-or that I'm saying, which would you rather have? Would you rather look fantastic at the beginning of the game and throughout the first half and then falter at the key moments in the second half while having played well for most of the game and lose three of the five times, be two and three, or maybe even be one and four under that scenario? If you're if you're having to choose between the two, I'll take what we're seeing. Yes, they, they fell behind 10-0 to the Packers earlier this year, but came roaring back to win. Fell, fell behind also in Las Vegas on an opening drive, 7-0. We, we saw even in Carolina they fell behind after the Saints loss in the second matchup with the, uh, with the Panthers, and yet we're much better in the second half. We've seen this team recover time and again in games that they probably had no business winning, especially when you're down by double figures. The Chargers game, too, going all the way back at the beginning of the year. Third game of the season, down by 17 in that game. So I get it that you don't want that, but they've shown over and over again. Even the Giants' Monday night game faltered throughout the first half of that game, losing by 10 points going into the second half and locked in again to storm past the Giants and beat them at the Meadowlands. So we've seen this uh, come through. We saw it come through again on Sunday, and I'm ready to recap it right now here on Nothing But Bucks. What do you say we get to the highlights? And obviously, as we talk about the first half of this game, there are not going to be any Buccaneer highlights. I can go ahead and give you that heads up, that tip, because it was all Atlanta Falcons and what they were able to do. It is the latest, by the way, that the Buccaneers had ever played a first game against a division opponent. Week 14 of the season. Waited all the way until the end of the year 
for the Atlanta Falcons. And you knew that Raheem Morris, the former Buccaneer head coach, former former Buccaneer assistant coach, and again, I've got great affinity for Raheem having done his pregame and postgame interviews, uh, his, uh, his coaches show during the week. Uh, I wish him well. I don't know that he's going to end up being the Falcons head coach permanently here. He's been the interim coach. They're now 4-5 and five under him. Uh, they are now... Uh, 4-10 and 10 on the season after the 0-5 start. I don't know that he's going to keep the job, but Raheem, you knew he was going to be ready. You, you knew that former Bucks coach Dirk Cutter as the offensive coordinator was going to be ready to hit the Bucs uh, a la Pat Benatar in the 80s, hit them with the best shot. They were going to hit Tampa Bay with the best shot. I know there was no Julio Jones. I know it's a banged-up Todd Gurley. The Falcons are limping at the end, but you were going to get the best shot from Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. And and Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones and all those guys, they they have pride and they wanted to try to win another game and beat the Bucs and mess it up for the Bucs. So that was the backdrop uh, for this matchup at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the first of two uh, in Week 15. And the Falcons obviously ripped off, took the opening drive, won the coin toss, wanted the ball. That's kind of interesting. A lot of teams that win the toss now want to defer to the second half. Matt Ryan said, no, let's take the ball. He and Dirk Cutter had what they thought was a good plan. Buccaneers allowed the Falcons to convert a third down, a third and long on a pass uh, over the middle to Todd Gurley, and that that kept the drive alive where Matt Ryan eventually went 6-for-6 on the drive. They marched 75 yards, and it culminates right here. Gurley on his left hip, and here is the snap. Pressure pass toward the end zone. Back shoulder throw. Caught ball. Touchdown, Russell Gage. So Russell Gage throws a touchdown pass last week against L.A. and makes a big catch, his second of this drive, and Ryan is right on the money with a little back shoulder throw in the end zone. It's 6-0. Russell Gage's touchdown catch puts Atlanta in front 7-0. Little did we know that the Buccaneers would simply continue to follow follow further and further behind. Uh, that, that that was a bad omen, as we saw after that. Uh, Brady and the offense got one first down, but then had to punt the ball away. And Atlanta got the ball right back and started moving it again on another 10-play drive, with most of it Matt Ryan going to work, including back through the air here. Matt Ryan will again throw. Nice play action fake toward the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Falcons. Calvin Ridley in the end zone. And the Falcons lead 13 to nothing just like that. Great touch on the ball to Ridley. And again, Sean Murphy Bunting is a guy that's got to shore up the man-to-man coverage because he lost Ridley in man coverage where Ridley Ridley was kind of running towards the back of the end zone. And and Murphy Bunting stayed behind him and went with him. And Ridley said, okay, I'm just going to cut back towards the corner and have Matt Ryan throw it to me on the corner route. Uh, Yeah, just it's got to be better in the man-to-man defense. And I know this team lost Carlton Davis later in the first half, late in the first half, with a groin injury. He's been bothered by a slight groin injury. Let's hope he can heal up. Don't know his status yet for the Christmas, uh, the post-Christmas game coming with the Lions. But the Bucs were definitely smarted. 60 yards of offense in, in the first half of this game, uh, just not nearly good enough with the drives and with the possessions. Uh, you could see the frustration on Tom Brady's face with a couple of incompletions on key third downs. Not able to run the ball early on with Leonard Fournette. I mean, there was some criticism, and right and rightfully so, uh, that Byron Leftwich was having trouble burying it up and getting him comfortable. The Falcons and Raheem Morris's defense blitzing from all different directions, bothering Tom Brady. So 17 to nothing at halftime of this game. The one thing that I knew 
is that if the Buccaneers could find a way to slow down Atlanta, Brady's going to give you a chance after the halftime adjustments to get back in the game with a whole half to go. And let us not forget that obviously the Super Bowl comeback, different team, New England Patriots, but it came against Atlanta, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, in a 28-3 situation. When you've been down like that, Brady was not fretting or worrying about getting the ball to start the second half down 17-0. you got a whole half to go. Go get a touchdown. Go make it happen. That's exactly what the Bucs did on their opening drive. They went to work and, and marched the ball right down the field on the Falcons coming out of the locker room. Uh, give credit where it's due here because Brady uh, was able to make uh, some key throws. Byron Leftwich with the play calls. You find uh, Antonio Brown for 20 yards. You find Cameron Brait for 14 yards. Then the great pass to Mike Evans, who got smashed right under the chin, as a matter of fact, right around the goal line. Uh, in fact, we have that highlight here, even though it's not a scoring play. Here was Brady setting things up with Mike Evans for the key moment. First down 10 from the Falcon 33. Brady to throw, drops, has time, throws a pass over the middle. It's a caught ball at the five. Three, two, one yard line. Did Evans get in? Did Mike Evans get in? Down, I think, just short of the goal line. Boy, a post route run by Evans and a strike thrown by Brady. Officially a 32 yard play and also uh, the Bucks were able to move inside the one yard line. So that sets up the goal line offense. And immediately, Leonard Fournette in there for Ronald Jones with the injured pinky on the left hand and also the COVID-19 uh, list where he is either COVID positive or has come in contact with it and so not eligible to play on Sunday. So no Ronald Jones. That meant Leonard Fournette on the goal line here. First down and goal from a yard away. Brady under center, hands the ball off, and Leonard Fournette slams into the line. He should have a touchdown. Give him a touchdown, Mr. Ref. Backed his way across the goal line. Touchdown, Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette. Should have made mention earlier. These are the calls of Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, Buccaneers Radio, the Hall of Famer calling that touchdown, Tampa Bay, for Leonard Fournette to get in from a yard out, capping off an 80-yard drive in just seven plays. And again, I realize we are paid to be optimistic and to be enthusiastic. Uh, but at that moment, I'm, I'm saying game on. What do I know? I'm a broadcaster. I'm sitting back. I'm saying game on. At 17-7, you've got a ton of time left in the third quarter. You're right back in the game. But give Atlanta credit because here again is where the Falcons were good. We mentioned Dirk Cutter, their plan, their adjustments out of the locker room. Uh, Matt Ryan finds Calvin Ridley for 13 yards. Uh, they're able to get a uh, another pass to, to Ridley deep down the middle for 28 yards coming across the middle of the defense. Engage catches for 14 yards to put him in the red zone. And then eventually Matt Ryan finds the tight end, uh, Hayden Hurst, for a seven-yard score and a 24-7 lead. Only took them a little under four minutes to go 75 yards. And I will say, I will confess to you, at that point I'm shaking my head going, is this defense going to be able to get stops? Because you, you have confidence that Brady can get touchdowns, but if you can't stop them from getting another touchdown or two, you're not going to be able to catch them. They're too far ahead. That would be big for later in the third and the fourth quarter where the defense did exactly that. So the Bucs got the ball back after a touchback. Taking over at their own 25, go marching again late in the third quarter as uh, Brady finds Rob Gronkowski on a little pass over the middle, then Mike Evans on a 26-yard catch. Then you're able to find Fournette down the left sideline, a, a nice catch and run for him. You move into scoring range once again with Mike Evans catching a 24-yarder. Even though Mike didn't have a touchdown, he had a lot of big plays uh, in this game. 
uh, to help you, including drawing a couple of flags uh, as well. And so that would lead to second and goal in the, at the four-yard line here for the Buccaneers. Tyler Johnson sprints wide to the right now. Sidecar to the right hip. Johnson, the wide receiver. Play action, play pass. Caught ball. Touchdown, Chris Godwin. Boy, a dart right on the hip of number 14, and Godwin hangs on to it. And the Buccaneers have scored two touchdowns here in the third quarter. That's a four-yard touchdown to Chris Godwin. Good to see him back in the end zone. Again, for this team, such a tough physical receiver, especially after the catch. And now 24-14 is the tally at this stage. And then the defense got exactly what you needed to have, which was a three and out, where they pressured Matt Ryan and forced him to throw incomplete. He threw long to Calvin Ridley uh, on third down, uh, or actually on third down and medium. Uh, tried to hit uh, Ridley on the left side, couldn't get him. Uh, Ryan being pressured, so you get the three and out, you get the punt, you get the ball back, and lo and behold, the Bucks are on the move again as uh, Brady finds Rob Gronkowski on the second and long with a 17-yarder. That looked like a an adjustment at the line of scrimmage that the two of them saw and how many times throughout their careers if they hooked up with one big pass, one touchdown pass after another. So Gronk makes the 17-yard catch that sets up a first down. Then Scotty Miller, a 14-yard catch. Uh, it, it, the play was challenged by Raheem Morris because the ball came out right as Miller's knee was hitting down. They punched it out. Uh, but the end result is the call stood. So the Bucks had the ball on the first down. And then uh, you get the pass interference penalty that we were talking about uh, on Terrell, the defensive back, grabbing Mike Evans' face mask. Actually, it was a double whammy. It was pass interference first and then grabbing his face mask second. Both penalties enforceable. That moves the ball again inside the 10-yard line for the Buccaneers. This team has been so good in the red zone, one of the top teams all year long at scoring touchdowns in the red zone and the best team in goal to go all season long is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers when it's inside the 10. And they would bang it in one more time after Atlanta pass interference where they were grabbing Gronkowski in the end zone. Here's your third touchdown of the third quarter. First down and goal, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 10 seconds left in the third quarter. Brady under center, Ryan Jensen hands the ball off and going underneath is Fournette. It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fournette's second rushing touchdown of the game, and the Bucs narrow the gap. 24-21, as Mean Gene called it there, Fournette running for the tough yards, just got that ball over the goal line. You're in great shape here at this point because you got a whole quarter to play, and you're only down by three. You force the Falcons to punt early on in the fourth quarter, but then the Bucs come right back and, and come right back down the field on what was clearly a rattled Atlanta defense. You could see it in their body language. They're back on their heels. Uh, Brady finds Mike Evans for 11 yards. Brady finds Antonio Brown for 13 yards. You move into scoring range inside the 26. Uh, Brady can't find Gronkowski over the middle, but then does find Scotty Miller for four yards. The third down pass to Gronk is incomplete, uh, incomplete with Brady scrambling around. So you had to settle for three here. You didn't get seven, but in a three-minute drive, you've now tied the game right here. Suck-up will attempt a field goal. The spot will be at the 17, a 27-yard field goal attempt. The spot is down. Kick is airborne. It is perfect. And the Buccaneers have tied the game with that field goal. Ryan Suckup's field goal gets the Bucs even after being down 17 points two different times, 17-0 and 24-7 at the half. Credit Atlanta going the other way as they are able to put a drive together. The drive did stall out, but they put a drive together to go back and get points. 
But this is one of the first times where we saw the Buccaneer pass rush start to make plays, including on this third down. Falcons need to reach the Buccaneer 21-yard line. The snap, Ryan looking. He's going to be sacked! Dropped by Devin White. First sack of the ball game. Does that take him out of field goal range? Youngway Ku has kicked eight 50-yard field goals in the game. This will be a little shorter than that, I think. What a what a sack by Devin White on a blitz. Yeah, Devin White broke through for a seven-yard loss, pushed the field goal back to a 52-yarder for Youngway Ku, the kicker of the Falcons. He did knock it through, but at that moment, in, in that situation, you're thinking, okay, the defense did its job. Don't let them go get a touchdown. It's only three. Buccaneers get the ball back and immediately go back to work here midway through the fourth quarter. Didn't take long. Cameron Braid, who had a tremendous uh, pass catching day on, on clutch situations, catches an 18-yarder over the middle. Then Godwin catches another tough 13-yarder, took a pop on the play for another first down at the Atlanta 46. And here is the play that even 24 hours later, everybody's talking about. You've seen the highlight. This is really... Uh, if you're talking about big moments, arguably the biggest moment of this game and the first lead of the game, as Gene and Dave called it. Brady, a seven-step drop, looks downfield, wants all of it, throws toward the end. Got a receiver open. It's Antonio Brown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers take the lead for the first time of the game. And Brown has his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. Hello, Antonio Brown. A.B. with a 46-yard touchdown catch, his first one as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer comes in the fourth quarter of a must-win situation in December from the future Hall of Famer Tom Brady. You will hear more from Antonio Brown in just a few minutes from our Buccaneers radio post-game coverage about that particular pass and what it meant to come down with that. 31-27, and now it was time to turn the defense loose on Matt Ryan and company with Atlanta in full free fall at this point and panic mode having blown a 17 point second half lead and more of the second year linebacker Devin White. Ryan dropping back under pressure. He's going to be lassoed and sacked at the 10 by Devin White. That's two for Devin today. It's fourth down. Second sack of the game. He would end up with one more later on in the game. The Falcons had one last chance trying to make something happen in their own end just outside the two minute warning. But uh, again, White got a sack. They're facing third and long in this situation, and the Buccaneer defense would clamp down one more time. And Ryan takes the snap out of the gun, drops back into his own. Pressure coming, pressure coming. It's the pass away, and a quad ball. Tackle, and he's short of the first down. Calvin Ridley made the catch at the 18. He had to reach the 22, and the Bucs stopped the Falcons. With 2.02 to go, the Buccaneers. Or a couple of kneel downs away from a victory when it looked like there was no chance. Ross Cockrell made the play on Calvin Ridley, stopping him three yards short on fourth and 16 of the first down. Ridley had a big day at over 100 yards receiving in the touchdown. But the end result is the Bucks take the ball over and eventually are able to run the clock out. I know there was a controversial moment with whether Leonard Fournette got the first down on a third and short. With the Bucks trying to run the clock out and the Falcons out of timeouts, the officials ruled on the field that he got enough forward progress by one chain link to get the first down. He got it. The Buccaneers able to kneel on the ball. The game over. 31-27, a sweet victory against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I'll say this here on nothing but Bucks. The, the Falcons uh, in the old Georgia Dome and even 
in Mercedes-Benz Stadium have hammered the Buccaneers in the past. Maybe not so much in Mercedes-Benz Stadium the last two or three years. And the Bucs did win there a year ago. But there were a couple of humiliating late-season losses uh, to Atlanta under Raheem Morris. Uh, one early in the year on a Thursday night to Lovey Smith. Greg Schiano being beaten badly. Uh, even Dirk Cutter losing badly in Atlanta. So it was good to pay two years in a row now to pay the Falcons back and win a game in their house. Uh, and and once again, uh, Matt Ryan's never beaten Tom Brady in the years in New England or now uh, head-to-head in a Bucks falcons matchup for the first time. Uh, and that Super Bowl one is the all-time epic one that anybody will ever talk about at 28-3. But now this one as well, 24-7 in the second half, and Brady says, I, I got you. I-, I got you, Buccaneer fans. I got you, Matt Ryan. We're going to get you. Uh, because they just came back and came back. And you and you saw why Atlanta's a 4-10 team. They're beat up. They fired their coach five games in. But guess what? The Buccaneers have been in that situation several times in the last decade where the Falcons are looking to clinch a playoff spot. The Bucs are at the end and are out of it. And, and the Falcons hammered the Buccaneers. Turnabout is exactly what we were looking forward to, and it's exactly what happened at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with not only turning the actual game around, but putting it on the Falcons who put it on you before. Good. Good to put them away. Uh, 31-27 again. Tom Brady throwing for 330 yards and uh, and those three touchdowns in the second half of this game. Uh, incredible performance. What did Gene say? 97th 300-yard game of his career. Just incredible to contemplate what the first ballot Hall of Famer has been able to do. Not only... Uh, overall in his career, but just in one year, sparking this Buccaneer team time and again to come roaring back. And the one thing I keep coming back to, we're going to get to the post-game interviews here in just a second, is when you stay away from the interception, we saw this so many different times where where uh, over the course of the last five years with Jameis Winston, I'm bringing it up again, you get in these late-game situations and a key or critical interception would kill you. That is largely what Tom Brady has stayed away from. I know in the Rams game and in the Chiefs game in the second half, there were critical interceptions and losses. It happens, but it hasn't repeatedly happened. It has not happened over and over and over again to kill you in the second half of games. So give credit where it is due. Uh, Brady, once again, uh, three touchdowns, no picks. Clean game for the second straight week, just like the Minnesota game, and another victory uh, with all of those weapons, with the the arsenal that you have to go to. Just don't turn the ball over. And we see what can happen. Uh, it was a clean game from both teams, and that the Falcons didn't turn it over either. But uh, the Bucks only needed a couple of stops. They ended up getting those two or three stops, and the offense making the second half comeback more than enough. No one happier than the Bucks head coach. On the verge of being in the playoffs, here was Bruce Arians on our Hooters postgame show, uh, happy to talk about the comeback. And everybody wants to know the same answer. What was different in half number two for your football team? Congratulations. How did you turn it around? We just executed a heck of a lot better. You know, we played better football than what we're capable of playing. My question to the players is, why can't we do that for 60 minutes? But uh, we'll still work on that. But I was really, really proud of the comeback. I thought offensively we answered the bell every single time. A little disappointed defensively when we scored coming out of halftime and and allowed them to score and then again take the lead uh, in in the fourth quarter. So we got a lot of work to do, uh, but we're getting better. 
When the opening drive was a touchdown, at that moment, did you, the staff, the sideline, believe, okay, we can get right back in this game, we've got a great chance to win this game? Did it lock right in right there? Oh, it was in the, it was in the locker room. I think Jason Pierre-Paul did say it the best. Who did, nobody needs to talk. We need to see play. And, uh, and we went out and played, and, uh, you know, it was a great momentum offensively. They were not going to be denied in this one. As long as we had the ball, we are going to score points. So many big plays in the fourth quarter to help uh, put it away. Let's start with the 46-yard touchdown to Antonio Brown, a beautiful touchdown strike from Tom Brady. Describe that play call and the execution of it. We actually had that play called three or four plays earlier, and they played cover two, and we hit Chris Godwin in the middle. And then we caught him in man-to-man, and really it was Fielder's choice. Mike Evans was about five yards behind his guy, and A.B. was five yards behind his guy. And it, great protection, uh, and Tom just threw a dime in there, and, and uh, that gave us a lead. We have talked so many times about wealth of riches. Great problem to have. Six catches for Mike Evans, 110 yards. Antonio Brown finishes five for 93 with the bomb. Cameron Braid had four catches today. Chris Godwin, four catches today. Can you just elaborate on the arsenal of weapons that Tom Brady has to go to, especially when you're trying to come back like you did today? Yeah, it was a good good job of, of, of continuing to use play action, a couple runs here and there. And, uh, you know, all the guys stepped up. And we are very fortunate. Uh, you know, Scotty made a big play. Tyler, I thought we had Tyler Johnson deep on one that, that could have been a pass interference. But uh, everybody contributes. Everybody's got their hand in the pile on offense. Uh, nobody's looking at stat lines. They just want to win. All right, some big plays in the fourth quarter by your defense. First of all, talk about Devin White, your second-year linebacker, your middle linebacker, who comes up officially credited with three sacks, including one on that final drive. Uh, Why did he have such success in that fourth quarter getting after Matt Ryan? Yeah, we we start playing a bunch of man-to-man and uh, doubling some people, and they were max protecting, so he had the back. The back was staying in and chipping and just freed Devin up. Devin found some gaps, and he's so quick he could hit those gaps and, and get home to Matt Ryan pretty quick, pretty fast. They had a fourth down deep in their own territory trying at the, just before the two-minute warning to go down the field and maybe get a go-ahead touchdown. And as it turns out, another veteran called upon, Ross Cockrell, is the guy that got uh, Gage, I believe it was, down on the ground a couple of yards short of the first down. Just say something about the effort on that play because Atlanta got the completion, but you also got the stop. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a long yardage situation, but Ross has been playing great for us. I mean, uh, Jason did a great job adding him to our roster. It's fantastic. He's, he stepped in, Carlton Davis went down, so Sean stayed back outside. We put Ross inside. He's done a great job uh, coming down the stretch for us, playing really, really good football. Again, you made mention uh, in your own comments, in your opening comment, about the first half of games. And then people watch the second half of this game coming out of the locker room. What will you go about in trying to change the beginning, especially the first quarter as you go along this week on a short week? Well, we've talked about it now for about six weeks, so whatever I'm saying ain't working. And uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, hopefully the players will take it and uh, – and come out and play with the effort and enthusiasm and execution that we played the second 30 minutes with. Uh, again, I love uh, being able to give these kind of numbers. Tom Brady, 31 of 45, 390 yards. He had in the neighborhood of 330 yards in the second half of the game. Just say some more about the way he played as you scored four touchdowns and a field goal in the first five possessions of the second half. 
Yeah, I mean, he was lights out. He's been he he was extremely well prepared, and uh, you know we didn't execute didn't help him any in the first half, and uh, but he played he played great, and uh, he's he has so much confidence it bleeds into everybody that hey we're going to win this thing we're going to win this thing no matter what the score says, and um, and he and he does just a great job of leading our football team. Coach, congratulations. I know there's a lot of Buck fans going crazy uh, on that second-half comeback. A great holiday, Hanukkah, Christmas present early this week. Merry Christmas to you and the team. We will be talking to you in the pregame coverage right after Christmas for Saturday with the Lions. Enjoy this one. Thank you. Yeah, happy holidays to all the fans, and uh, get ready for the playoffs, baby. Yeah, he's right. It's a quick turnaround to get ready for the Lions. Let's go get the playoffs uh, put away here with one more victory. Go ahead and get the win Saturday against the Lions. You need only one victory. Even a tie will put the Buccaneers in as well. I'll explain more of that coming up. But you got a chance to get that Saturday right after Christmas on a short week uh, for the Bucs. Uh, speaking of the damage that was done by Tom Brady, again, uh, ridiculous numbers. He's now thrown for the second most touchdowns in Buccaneer history. Uh, only uh, Vinny Testaverde with uh, 34 touchdowns has had more uh, than what Tom Brady has been able to do in a uh, in a single season in his first year here with the Bucks. So give credit uh, here for uh, for what he's been able to do uh, by the numbers um, and in in Buck history and in and in Buck lore with all of those touchdown passes. So Brady now two away with two games to go from getting that record. Again, he had a fantastic day. Uh, throwing the football efficiently. No, the first half was not great, but the overall day, when you're talking about tw- uh, 31 of 45, 390, and uh, and three touchdown passes, or two touchdown passes uh, to Chris Godwin, and uh, there to Antonio Brown, more than enough in the 31-27 win. Here was the Buccaneers quarterback as he spoke with the media when this one was done. Yeah, it was great poise by everybody. And, uh, you know, everybody... Uh, Everybody hung in there. It got off to a tough start, um, but found a way to win. And um, Defense came up huge, made some big stops. Offensively, everyone made a bunch of different plays, and um, it was a good uh, – it was a great win for our team, and we're going to have to keep building on it. Tom, um, we hadn't seen Antonio Brown in the end zone, but, boy, he saved a good moment for it. Can you take us through that, that deep ball that you, you finally get him hit on for the, the game winner? Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, you know, he's been working hard at that and, um, you know, finally got him an opportunity to, to touch one of those. And, um, you know, Mike did a good job on the other side. Safety kind of got stuck in the middle and AB just ran right by him and, you know, put it out there for him. He made a great catch and uh, love seeing him get in the end zone. Tom, uh, just how dangerous can this Buccaneer team be if you can put all four quarters together, which you guys did in the second half is remarkable, but can you can you duplicate that and yeah. do it for all four quarters? Yeah, we're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to figure out how to play our best for sixty minutes as opposed to thirty. And um, it was a good win by us. Um, you know, everyone loves winning, but we also want to play better. We want to play our best. And um, you know, I think this next week gives us another opportunity to try to do our best. And um, you know, it's a tough week because it's Christmas, but uh, you know, got to focus on what we got to do. We worked pretty hard to get to this point, but. Still a lot left ahead of us. Hey, Tom, you, you walked us through already that play to Antonio Brown, but as someone that has supported him, what, what did that play mean? You had a lot of big plays in the second half, but that particular play right there, what, what, what did that mean for you to be able to give him an opportunity there on, on that play uh, to grab the lead for you guys? 
I'm just, you know, I think, you know, obviously as a teammate, um, as someone who knows him pretty well, I mean, he's done a lot of work to get to this point. And, um, you know, just proud of him and, and his focus and how he's prioritized different things. And, um, you know, a lot of guys in that receiver group have helped him. And, you know, he's making great contributions. And, um, you know, as quarterback, it's tough sometimes because you got a lot of guys open. And you got to distribute it to, to different guys. And Mike gets a lot of looks, and then Chris gets looks, and then AB gets looks. And um, as quarterback, there's one ball. So you can't split it in three or four. You just got to try to use your read. And whenever those guys get opportunities to make them, they make them. And, uh, you know, AB came down with a big one for us. Chris had a big one. Mike had a big game. Cam had catches. Gronk had catches. Um, you know, everybody made different plays. That was great to see. Tom, can you speak to how the defense complimented you guys, especially down the stretch, and Devin White in those sacks? Yeah, he did a great job. They really put a lot of pressure on Atlanta there in the second half and made a lot of big plays, uh, backed them up, got us great field position, and it was a great, uh, a great team effort there in the second half. And um, great to see us play that way in the second half under some pressure. And, uh, but we're going to have to do it for 60 minutes, and uh, it's going to be a big point emphasis for us. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Hi, Jarrett. Hey, uh, two two things real quick. One, you, you seem like you kind of beat yourself up on the missing the throw to Gronkowski. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about that? And the second part of the question, how much have you paid attention to the Patriots? Um, they're not going to make the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. Any thoughts on that? Uh, which, which question do you want me to answer? The Gronk one? <laughs> Patriots. Uh, it, it's two Patriots uh, questions here. All right. So the Gronk. Uh, yeah, I had I had a I had Gronk. We got down there in the red area, and I had a chance to throw the ball to Lenny. He probably got us in the end zone. I missed him, and then uh, had a chance for Gronk, and we just didn't didn't make the play. Um, so I haven't. As far as the Patriots, you know, they have their own thing going, and I've really been focused on what my how my play needs to be a quarterback, the execution I need, and. Um, you know, they're not really an opponent of mine. Obviously, I have a lot of friends there, a lot of great relationships, but uh, they've been focused on what they need to do, and I've been trying to focus on what, what my job is. Spread it around, and of course, he was happy to find Antonio Brown. You'll hear his interview in just a second here on Nothing But Bucks. Uh, from the Bucks receiving core, Mike Evans, six catches, 110 yards, another 100-yard catch day uh, for Mike as uh, he comes up uh, with yet another big game uh, in a clutch situation. You had to have it. Evans did that. Again, drew a big uh, two, a double whammy, pass interference and face mask penalty to help you get a scoring drive going there in that third quarter. Um, and again, with, in terms of his 100-yard games, that was his 27th 100-yard game, which is good for fourth right now among active NFL players in the last seven seasons. Julio Jones has the most with 46 Mike has the fourth most with 27 100-yard games. Uh, he also now, uh, Mike Evans, continues to move up the charts as well in terms of yardage over the last seven seasons. How about only Julio Jones and, De and DeAndre Hopkins have more receiving yards than Mike Evans in the entire NFL over the last seven years of his career? So uh, give, Ed give Evans a um, third 100-receiving-yard a game of this season. Give him a lot of credit uh, because he is stepping up when time comes. So again, he led the Buccaneers in yardage with 110 on six catches. Antonio Brown, five catches for 93 yards. Cameron Brait, four catches, 54 yards, as we were detailing all of this with the coach. 
Leonard Fournette ran better as the game went on. 14 carries, 49 yards. You mixed enough there in the run game. And the end result is a Buccaneer 31-27 win. I want to talk a little defense, and Devin White in particular. His second three-sack game of this season uh, as he was getting after Aaron Rodgers the same way earlier in the year. Here is the Bucks' second-year middle linebacker after this one was done. Why did this team turn it around as a team and get this win this afternoon? Uh, I think the uh, thing we did, we stayed poised, and, you know, we knew what we had to fix. You know, we knew what looks they was giving us, and we just came out and executed, and we believed in one another. I think that's the main thing when you're down, or even when you step on the field, regardless if you're down or not, you got to have your business back. And I think that's one good thing about this team. You know, the chemistry is there, and we always got each other back. You had three sacks in this game, including a couple of huge ones in the fourth quarter. You finally got home. I heard the laugh there in the voice. You got home and made some big plays. Tell me about it. Oh, man, it just felt so good, man. I played within the uh, system, and, you know, I found ways to make big plays, and that's something that I can do a night in and night out, man, because it's just something that's in me. You know, it's just the heart and the love that I have for the game, man. You know, I always want to be the one to come through for my team because, you know, that's the caliber player that I am, and I got great guys around me that I feed off of. So I'm just blessed and thankful, you know, to uh, have an opportunity to go out there and play the game I love. Winning the game is the main thing, but so much is going to be discussed this week heading on a short week against Detroit about starting the game better. What has to be better in the first half overall defensively, Devin? I think we just got to come out and we got to uh, set the tempo with big plays, big hits. You know, you know, we got to talk a little noise and get ourselves going because at the end of the day, you know, we can't uh, depend on nobody else. We can't depend on the offense to make plays. You know, we got to have that mindset that, you know, this uh, defensive team and we're going to go as far as we go. But that's definitely my mindset. So I'm going to keep preaching it to the whole team and we're going to get it right. Got it right today. How much confidence does this team have after a 17-point comeback like this, Devin? I mean, we always have confidence, man. We Every time we step on the field, we always feel like we're the best. But, you know, it just got to translate. You know, we always work hard in practice. You know, it's one of the hardest groups I've ever been around as far as practice-wise. And, you know, we just got to come out and start fast because we play like how we played in the second half early on, man. Like, this team is unstoppable. Devin, congratulations. Thank you for stopping for us. Thank you. Get live. Get live is right. The Bucks got live in Atlanta with a ninth win. Another division win and are now in position to be in the playoffs. And Devin White leading the Buccaneers in tackles once again here for this one. Give credit uh, where it is due. Devin White now third in the NFL uh, through Sunday's games. Third in the NFL in tackles through all the tallies and tabulations with 130 of them on the season. Uh, Buccaneers also have the second most sacks right now in the NFL behind only the Pittsburgh Steelers with three more of them yesterday, the Bucs and, um, and the Steelers uh, right up near the top there in sacks. All right, as advertised, Antonio Brown, biggest moment as a Buccaneer since coming to the team in midseason, came in the fourth quarter on the 46-yard laser from Tom Brady. By the way, where are the haters about Brady's arm strength at 43 years of age? Can't throw the ball downfield anymore. Can't put the zip on the ball anymore. Eh, that would be wrong. Uh, Antonio Brown hauls it in. Game-winning touchdown. You're going to hear me ask him about that and more from our Hooters postgame show as we talked with number 81 after it was done. Ronnie, thank you. We're going right on the fly to Antonio Brown in Atlanta after this 31-27 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Antonio, congratulations on the victory just as a team, a 17-point comeback. How did it happen in that second half? 
just a bunch of guys believing, a bunch of guys sticking together, a bunch of guys never getting up, giving up. Uh, as a band of brothers coming together and doing what it takes to get the win. You have been hungry and waiting for a touchdown. It comes on a 46-yard bomb in the fourth quarter and ends up being the game-winning points. Describe the play and describe that ball coming to you. Well, this is a great throw by Tom. And believe me, uh, stack stacked alignment outside the numbers go. Uh, I was able to get around the guy and uh, get past him to get my shoulder square. Tom put a great ball in there to hit me right in the numbers. Uh, it was just a great play, man. I was super grateful and excited uh, to be in that position and, and then get a team where we needed to go, get the good ahead. Obviously, the team believed in you and bringing you in here, but number 12 believed in you maybe as your biggest advocate. What does it mean to, to get to play with him and to catch a game-winning touchdown in a clutch December game like this from Tom Brady, Antonio? Well, it means everything. You know, anytime you get to play with a guy like Tom who's seen it all, done it all, who's the ultimate general, uh, who's, the, who's the GOAT, uh, the greatest all time, uh, be on the receiving end of that, you know, I'm extremely grateful. Uh, honor. Definitely a privilege. Don't take for granted. All right. You basically need one more win to be in the playoffs. Short week. Got Christmas. Then you got the Lions on Saturday, right? Got to go get the Lions and go get in the playoffs, right? Uh, get the preparation week going and, uh, and look forward to uh, getting out there this weekend and uh, make some things happen. 31 27. And the Buccaneers get that contribution from Antonio Brown. Uh, who, again, has been, uh, you know, did not play a year ago, did not play the first eight games of this season. But you talk about productivity. Since 2014, Antonio Brown is right behind Mike Evans with 8,012 receiving yards. For the most in the last seven seasons, it's Julio Jones 1, DeAndre Hopkins 2, Mike Evans 3, Antonio Brown 4. Obviously, all of that damage with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, he's another weapon that you have to go along with Evans and Godwin and Scotty Miller and Gronkowski and Cameron Brait now catching passes as well. Uh, a lot of weapons for Tom Brady to obviously work with with a couple of games to go. All right, so now this is the fun part of what we get to do here on Nothing But Bucks, and that is project ahead. Here's what we know at the moment. Buccaneers at nine wins can only be matched by teams chasing them right now in the NFC, by the Arizona Cardinals, who did beat the Philadelphia Eagles uh, yesterday, hung on to win over Philly. So the Cardinals now with eight wins. The Bears' victory yesterday as they uh, defeated the Minnesota Vikings just like the Bucks did two Sundays ago. So the Bears are now alive as well as they come up with a seventh uh, victory. Those are the only two teams in the NFC chasing the Buccaneers at nine wins that can get to nine wins. And obviously the Cardinals can win their last two and get to 10 wins. So thus, here's the scenario. Uh, straight ahead for this week, a Buccaneer victory or a Buccaneer tie means Chicago cannot catch the Bucs at that point. Because if the Bucs are either 10-5 and five, or if they are 9-5-1, and one, Chicago, even if they win the last two, would be nine and seven, and the worst the Bucks would be would be nine six and one with a tie. Buccaneers would get the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Bears. So only a win or a tie will put the Buccaneers in the playoffs in either of the last two games. So the Bucks are right there. Consider us being at the half-yard line or maybe even the six-inch line on being in the playoffs 
with one more win or a tie. And the same goes true if Chicago loses or ties either one of their remaining two games, then that's it for them and their NFC playoff hopes because uh, at least at least as it relates to the Buccaneers. Now, Arizona could lose their final two games, finish with eight wins, and Chicago could win an eighth game out of the last two, and I don't know what the tiebreaker is between the Bears and the Cardinals right now as we sit two weeks out. But the point about the math on nine wins, the Bucs are there. The Bears and the Cardinals are the only two remaining NFC teams below the Bucs that can get to nine wins. And the Bears only have seven. So they can't get to 10 with two to go. And a loss or a tie kills them in a head-to-head tiebreaker. They don't. They, they no longer can get tied. They would have the head-to-head tiebreaker at nine and seven because of the win earlier this year on Thursday Night Football. But there you go. Bucks only need a win or a tie this week or next week. Let's go win the last two. Get to 11-5 and five and see what happens. The Rams uh, did lose yesterday, and that put, uh, for the moment now, Seattle in the NFC West slot with both of those teams at 10-4 and four on the tiebreaker. The Rams and the Seahawks do play once more. And uh, I had a, a fan sending this to me last night. He's done the calculations. The tiebreaker, because the Bucks and the Seahawks didn't play, would probably come down to common opponents at that point. Again, this part is not official from the NFL. I don't know what's going to happen. you got two more weeks to go. But if the Bucs are in an 11-5 and five situation, if they are in an 11-5 and five situation and they're tied with the Seahawks, the Buccaneers may very well get the tiebreaker on common opponents if it comes to that. Now, if you're tied at 11-5 and five with the Rams, which, uh, again, I don't believe they can end up tied at 11-5 and five with the Rams and not have the Rams win the division. Follow me on that. If the Rams beat the Seahawks and win their final game, the best the Seahawks could be is 11-5, and five, and the Rams, I believe, are going to win the division, if that's the case. Um... Well, of course, the Rams could win the last two and be 12-4. and four. Same thing with Seattle. But in any event, one of those teams has to win the NFC West. And as it stands right now, whoever loses for the fifth loss stands to be in a tiebreaker with Tampa Bay at 11-5. and five. Can the Bucs still be the five seed? That's in play. We do know this. If you get to 11 wins, the worst you're going to be is the, is the sixth seed because, again, Arizona and Chicago can't get to 11. Chicago can't even get to 10. So 11 and 5 is going to get you at least the 6 seed and maybe the 5 seed and here we go. Da, da 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 da. The NFC South kids is still alive by virtue of the win by Kansas City yesterday in New Orleans. Back-to-back losses now by the way for the Saints. The division is still alive. I know it is a slight possibility. You you might have a better chance to win the lottery and get struck by lightning in the same afternoon than having this happen. But for right now, the scenario exists, and the the Saints have to play very quickly on a quick week on Christmas Day with the Vikings, hosting the Vikings. Minnesota smarting after Chicago came back and beat them and basically eliminated them from the playoffs now. With Minnesota at 6-8, Almost done. They can maybe get in an 8-8 eight and eight tie and, and win a tiebreaker. I don't know. The NFL's got to sort that out. But if you're a Buck fan for Christmas coming, you want the Vikings to mess it up for the Saints one more time. And I will tell you this, watching them, they made some plays in the second half. But Drew Brees off the broken ribs, he was ailing trying to throw the ball. He's, he's not able to get the same zip on the ball. What are they going to do?
If he struggles, he gets hit against Minnesota. Do they go back to Taysom Hill to try to quarterback some? This is must-win mode for the Saints. Because look out, if the Saints don't win on Christmas Day, then the Buccaneers have the door even more ajar. I'm not saying this is likely. I'm not saying that this is a great chance to happen. But if the Saints lose on Friday, the Bucs are expected to beat the Lions, and now you are in a flat-footed tie, in that case at 10-5, and five, with one weekend to play. And the Buccaneers are hosting the Falcons and will become the biggest Carolina fans imaginable as Matt Rule, the first-year coach, and Carolina host the Saints in the final game of the season. And under this scenario I'm laying out, here I am again with more scenarios on nothing but Bucks. Under this scenario, if the Saints lose Christmas Day and the Buccaneers have won, Tampa Bay can finish with a better record than New Orleans on the final weekend of the season and win the division. The head-to-head tiebreaker two-loss thing doesn't matter uh, if the Bucs finish with a better record and you still can have a better record with two more wins and two more Saint losses. Again, are you more likely to have aliens land on your front lawn with Santa coming? On, on, uh, on Friday overnight and Friday morning? Probably. But it ain't over yet in terms of the division. And wouldn't it be something if Minnesota gives the Bucks a Christmas present and goes ahead and finds a way, I don't care if the game is 27-26 to 26 or 7-6, to 6, find a way to beat them, and now the door is ajar. Walk through the open door and get the win to get to 10-5, and five, and now let the final Sunday play out on what's going to happen for the division race. We will see. We will see how that goes. I still remember, by the way, when it comes to it, I'll bring this back up, that a couple of years ago, the Bucks had nothing to play for, final home game with the Saints, but they could keep the Saints from getting into a divisional tiebreaker with Carolina by beating them. And Jameis Winston threw the game-winning touchdown pass to Chris Godwin with like under 10 seconds to go. Bucks beat the Saints. Bucks cost the Saints any hope at a tiebreaker with Carolina that year for the division. It would be in the same scenario reversed in the NFC South, reversal of teams, where you would need Carolina with nothing to play for to beat the Saints at home. And if the Bucs were to go ahead and win at home with Atlanta, you'd be division champs under the scenario that the Saints lose to Minnesota. Saints have got to lose twice. One more win by the Saints they're in. Likewise, the same thing like I was talking about with the ties. If the Saints get a tie against the Vikings or a tie against the Panthers, the Bucs can't catch them. Because at that point, the Saints cannot lose uh, the extra game there in that instance. So... They're going to win the tiebreaker, even if the Bucs... Well, actually, you know what? Now, now that I contemplate that, let me reel that back in. If the Saints get a tie against the Vikings and the Buccaneers get a win, you're only a half game back, and you can still have the Carolina victory over the Saints set you up to beat Atlanta and win the division. So the Saints need to win one of their last two. The tie doesn't help the Saints. Now that I talk through that scenario, they need to win one of their last two. They will win the South. They will host a playoff game. But man, oh man, we look forward to Christmas and we look forward to what's going to be happening here uh, with these two games. Vikings Saints first on Friday afternoon and then the Bucks and the Lions. Special Saturday game. The NFL moved the game a couple of weeks ago to Saturday afternoon, standalone national TV game on, uh, on the NFL Network from Detroit, from Ford Field, where the Buccaneers have had a lot of success in recent years. Let's see if that will be the case here. 
Uh, once again, at, at the end of this season, can Tom Brady and the Buccaneer offense get it done? Will the defensive start be better? We are ready to talk all about that coming this Saturday. Everybody have a safe Christmas holiday week. We'll have our eyes on that Saints-Vikings game, and then we will be on the air at noon Eastern time on Saturday with one hour of pregame coverage on Buccaneers Radio for the Bucs and the Detroit Lions. Saturday special 1 o'clock game, 1 Eastern game, and we'll see what the Buccaneers have riding on it. Playoffs on the line. First playoff berth since 2007 on the line with a win or a tie. The Buccaneers are in. Let's just go ahead and win. Win and be in. And maybe we're talking about on Saturday that the Saints have lost and the division is still alive. We won't get greedy. We'll just keep an eye on it. In any event, my thanks to Jerry, Jason Berenger helping me out with the highlights uh, and the interviews. Uh, Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Everybody have a safe and happy holiday. Merry Christmas to you on behalf of Gene and Dave and all of us on Buccaneers Radio. Uh, enjoy the Christmas Day holiday and then be with us on Saturday for the Buccaneers and the Lions. And make sure you find us for the aftermath. Uh, nothing but Bucks podcast. After we're done on Buccaneers Radio, our Hooters postgame show, I pledge to you, I will have you a Nothing But Bucks podcast, hopefully in the victory mode, in the playoff mode, coming Saturday night at some point. Subscribe to the podcast, and the podcast will come automatically to you on your phone through the Buccaneers mobile app, through uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. We're looking forward to it for Saturday. I'll have a podcast right after that Lions game is done. Look forward to it coming this weekend for now we are done thank you for finding us here on nothing but bucks bucks and lions saturday noon the pregame one o'clock kick time let's go make the playoffs and you've been listening to nothing but bucks